Welcome to this special edition series of Penta Communications' top growth podcast, Emerging Stronger. Produced to help leaders gain valuable insight into strategies to help them lead their organizations more effectively through the coronavirus epidemic. Our host, Deborah Penta, interviews several leading experts in various disciplines, bringing together a well-rounded, all-star lineup on subjects such as positive thinking, wellness, business growth, and how to sell out of an economic downturn. Joining us today is Andy Miller, president of Big Swift Kick, based in Alexandria, Virginia. Andy's firm offers sales consulting, training, and assessments to clients in a myriad of industries. A 28-year international entrepreneur and sales strategist generating $5.7 billion in organic growth for his clients, Andy built an international software company and sold it by the time he was 30 years old. Clients included IBM, Pfizer, and Accenture, and we couldn't be happier than to have Andy on with us today as everyone has been asking for more and more sales advice as they navigate through the COVID-19 crisis. Andy, welcome to our Emerging Stronger podcast series. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. Deborah, thanks for having me. Well, thank you. So, Andy, one of the questions um, that I want to start with today is what are you finding that your clients are are asking you for right now? What are the primary concerns that your clients are having, CEOs of companies? uh, What what are some of the issues that uh, they're trying to solve during this pandemic? Well, it, uh, Deborah, it, it depends on the industry because I'm seeing things you know, all over the map or across the spectrum. So some of my uh, clients and customers, they see hope and opportunity and others are worried. So the folks who seem to be worried because half my businesses are private equity venture capitalists, so they're highly leveraged. And the ones that are highly leveraged, they're worried about cash flow. Uh, because the cash flow is what they use to service their debt. And they're also worried about retaining their people because they care about their people and their people are very talented. So that's really it, the cash flow servicing debt and retaining people. And then I've got other folks in certain industries that are, they're growing. Um, you know, anything around healthcare is growing, medical supplies, uh, financial advisory services, because, you know, when the economy gets tight, people start reevaluating if they've made the right investments and they want to to move things around. Technology seems to be doing well, especially, you know, all of us have now gone video with Zoom, go to meeting, WebEx, whatever, um, grocery stores, food distribution. So logistics, uh, logistics tends to, to do well in a down economy. Um, call centers, but only if they have virtual abilities, if they are a call center that has to be in one physical location. Um, they're worried about how they're going to keep going, and uh, but the but you know, a lot of folks are still looking to hire out there. Um, yeah, I'm looking at. I got one client in the hardware distribution business had to cut two shifts down to one, um, and a guy in the sign business who had to lay off 75 percent of his uh, employees. So, uh, and then I look at some of my other clients in the chemical business, and they're maintaining. Uh, and they're cautiously optimistic. So it does run the whole spectrum. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Well, you know, Andy, with so much uncertainty out there right now, what are those companies that are maintaining? What are they doing right now with their sales teams? 
Well, so far, most of them are keeping their reps. Um, but I, you know, that that's going to depend upon how long this pandemic goes and the stay-at-home orders last. Uh, I, I think it also depends upon the organization's ability to adapt uh, with salespeople working remotely and with sales leaders' ability to help those remote reps uh, be successful. So um, I talked with one company last Friday that has a fairly young sales force, you know, you know, uh, young in terms of the age of their employees versus experience, uh, but young in both. And they all did well in a supervised office setting, but they're not doing well working remotely. And the, you know, the question I asked them is, you know, is that because they don't have the skills or the mindset or the discipline or the maturity to work remotely? Or is that because the sales leadership doesn't have the ability to help them or the systems or their processes in place to help the remote reps be successful? Or, or it could be something else. But when I ask them, they don't have the answer to that question. And so we're going to have to do a diagnostic to help them figure that out. Yeah, that's a really important um, uh subject because so many people um, are finding that it's either going one way or another. Either their teams are adapting well to a virtual environment or they are not based on there's no accountability, there's, there isn't that constant interaction and depending on a generational uh, aspect, you know, people that are social versus people that are introverts, people that need that uh, team spirit and environment versus those who can work well independently, and also the structure that can sometimes be void in a virtual setting. So to create um, an opportunity for those clients to really look at what they're doing and how things are functioning or not functioning in a virtual uh, setting can really make a uh, an impact on how they're continuing on with their sales. Yeah. Um, and, and let me let me add one just one more thing. So, you know, I, I think in my own experience, the first time I worked remotely versus the second time I worked remotely. First time I worked remotely, you know, was out of my house by myself. You know, no kids or or you know dogs or animals to distract me. But I lacked the discipline. Now, as a solopreneur, but I lacked the discipline, and I don't think I was prepared what it was really going to take to work from home. Um, the second time I did it, I, I knew exactly what to expect. And I was able to put the structure and systems and support uh, uh, mechanisms in place for me, able to, me to be able to thrive uh, on that. But, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I even have one guy who uh, very experienced in life and in sales, 30 years of uh, experience, who's used to getting in front of people. And he says, Andy, what do I do now? I, I can't get in front of people. And his belief was you can only sell if you're actually face-to-face, belly-to-belly. And he's having to radically adapt. Right. And, and a lot of people are. Um, you know, even in the large retail space, we're seeing that now that they might reopen in a virtual perspective, that whole selling aspect is completely different. And so they have to go back to how things were years ago by picking up the phone, by calling, by create, building those relationships, nurturing those relationships telephonically or through a video conference, which is very foreign to most people who started to learn more of that social selling aspect, who um, started to employ some of the more modern approaches that 
we have seen over the last couple of years that have unfolded and have been uh, really successful. Um, you, you know, if, as you think about um, the CEOs and those sales managers that you work with, um, especially now during this unprecedented time of crisis um, with the pandemic, what are some of the things that, um, that they can do um, to help their people continue to sell now, during, and then through this crisis? What are some of those top things that um, you would advise uh, leaders to do right now to inspire and help their salespeople to, to continue to produce revenue, to drive sales, to impact the bottom line and keep the companies, uh, um, you know, with a steady flow of revenue to meet all of the obligations that they need to. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good question. And, you know, because of the pandemic, it, it's radically changed the way that salespeople are required to work. And, you know, the traditional ways of determining who can and can't sell uh, aren't going to work in, in in these circumstances. So if you look over the last 11 years, the economy has been growing and it it disguises or masks salespeople who are weak because even they look good. And you're probably familiar with the phrase, rising tide raises all ships. And that's what 11 year of, of economic growth does. It, it, it raises all weak salespeople so that even the weak look, look like they're strong. Um, you got some other challenges in determining how do we help them in, in terms of weak reps that have good accounts or strong territories, or they got longevity in the business. So they've been able to inherit all the orphan accounts of the reps that have left before them. Or a number of times I've seen sales reps that have been gaming the system. On the flip side of that, you got sales reps who are the biggest income producers and you want to say, okay, we want to, we want to you know, work with those folks more, but they aren't necessarily the strongest sellers in highly competitive times. And, and it's going to get more competitive because as the competitors get desperate, they're going to start lowering price, offering better terms and conditions. They're going to find a way to sweeten the pie because they're just trying to stay alive. Uh, so the only way that I know that the CEO or sales leader can really help their people is They've got to do some kind of Salesforce analysis uh, using uh, predictive analytics uh, and along with performance data, identify what each salesperson needs. You know, can they or can't they uh, do well in this kind of situation and what do they need to get there and how much can I expect from them? So I don't know how you use the traditional ways of identifying how we help salespeople get better in these circumstances. So you've got to use tools. It's the, it's the only way you can do it. And so if, if, a, if a leader wanted to go ahead and, um, and assess, which I think is a you know, really important thing to do right now, because it, it's really unknown what they have, because no one has ever had to sell in an environment like this during our lifetime. So to make an assessment as to who can prevail through this, who can um, stay ahead of that curve and continue onward to drive uh, revenue and productivity and results. Um, how long typically does uh, such assessment take so that if we have some CEOs that are listening right now and they think that's a good idea, how long um, 
do those results take to get so that they can um, decide how quickly they would have the information in order to act upon it? Uh, usually you could do that within a couple of days, depending on how quickly the CEO asks people to take action. It's, it's a matter of getting people to get online, take an assessment. You know, yeah, I've got 53 different assessments that I use, but there's only one that has predictive analytics uh, for Salesforce. So it's gonna take them 45 minutes to an hour. Once that's compiled, which can be done in a day or two, uh, we can sit down, sit down. I mean, I mean that metaphorically nowadays um, with that CEO and, and review the data. So I would say, you know, a, a week at worst case, assuming they got all their salespeople to sit down and just do it in one day and just just bang it out. Yeah, and I think that's um, that really helps once they get that data to determine where do they go from here? Because in putting plans together where no one really knows when the US economy is going to reopen, um, certainly the way it was prior to the pandemic, but even at a new normal state, um, no one really knows when that is going to happen. So it really is crucial that sales leaders figure out a plan to do whatever they can to identify those individuals within their organization that have the ability to build, grow relationships and find, um, uh, provide solutions to their customers and or clients that need them now. Um, and then to really create more of a recession proof or recession busting sales scenario for that company uh, to get through it. And um, it sounds like assessing and then providing the strategic guidance and consulting and support um, that's gonna be needed is really what's gonna help these companies prevail through the recession. Um, from a training perspective, once you get all the data and the CEO figures out you know, who stays, who goes, who's gonna be able to guide the company through it, um, or, or uh, implement strategies to uh, generate revenue. Um, then what happens? Uh, how do you come up with a plan to help coach and train those people to make sure that they get through and hold them accountable? Well, it, it, it really depends on what the data shows. I, the metaphor I typically use is you know, when your back hurts and you go to the doctor, he or she's going to order an x-ray so they see you know, what's really going on, what do we have to work with, and then they come up with the treatment plan. And I know that that may be an overused metaphor, but but that is, it's spot on with what happens. So the question becomes, once you have the analysis done and you know what you have to work with, you, you come up with your plan from there. It may be a change in strategy. It may be a pivot in, uh, in your services and your offerings. It may be there needs to be training for salespeople. It may mean coaching for the sales leadership. Um, you know, I've got one company where all we did was change the strategy. Now they had a, they, they were doing telesales and they had a, an upsell program and their upsales, ups, the upsales went from uh, 6% to 75% just with a change in strategy. There was, there was no coaching sales leaders. There was no training salespeople. It, we had to train them in the, in the message, but that was, that was a, you know, a, a couple hour workshop and, but it was a change in the strategy that, that made all the difference in the world. So 
it may be training, it may be coaching, it may be uh, change in strategy, it may be a pivot. Um, but you just don't know until you have the data. Exactly, which really promotes the value of getting data um, in all aspects of the business right now to make sensible, smart decisions based on what the economic climate is, where you are logistically, and what's transpired in your business since um, since uh, February. Um, so, Andy, if you had to come up with five really quick tips that you would give CEOs right now, five quick recommendations. Um, we know assessment is one. Um, what are four others that you would recommend right right now? Okay, so you, you just said the first thing is do an assessment. Uh, second thing is increase the, the strength of your sales leadership. You're looking at the, the data analytics we have on almost 2 million sales people uh, and sales leaders, what we identified was 49% of sales managers make excuses for why things aren't happening, which also means they're prone to accepting excuses. And if if there's anything like a pandemic, pandemic sounds like a valid excuse to not let things get done. Um, so, you know, I would say increase the strength of your sales leadership, stop accepting excuses. Third one would be increase the grit of your sales force. And when I, I think of grit, um, you know, grit is really the commitment to making things happen, figuring things out, finding a way. Uh, you know, they do that with their favorite hobbies and their interests. Somebody will come home and they'll spend hours at night searching YouTube or Google or reading about stuff because it's their passion. And so when they want it to happen, they find a way. Uh, you'll see it in somebody has a heart attack, right? And then they change their lifestyle. So how badly do they want it? That's what I mean by increase the grit. And then I would look for common market or customer complaints or issues as an opportunity to pivot or change the rules. And you know, some of the things I'm seeing lately, uh, auto dealerships that are delaying payments for six months, heating and air conditioning companies that are um, now advertising uh, antimicrobial you. UV lighting, which will kill mold, uh, bacteria, mildew, viruses, uh, restaurants that have pivoted to um, curbside delivery. And, you know, got a buddy in the sign business who said, you go to these restaurants and they have a little sign on the door. So somebody gets out of their car, goes to the door, uh, reads this little handwritten sign. Then they stand on the curb and people violate social, the social distancing uh, rule. I'm going, all you need is a curbside sign saying, open for business, curbside delivery. Here's our number. Please stay in your car. And you got plenty of restaurants in the area who would like to stay in business. So, uh, and then my fifth point would be, uh, it's the quote from Henry Ford, who said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And I believe folks who can will find a way and folks who can't look for a reason to, to just give up. And that's a perfect segue into my final question for you. There are so many salespeople out there that are absolutely using the pandemic as an excuse, um, you know, a mindset issue, an outlook issue where no one's going to buy from me right now. This isn't going to work. Um, the economy is terrible. People are unemployed. I can't meet my numbers because of this or because of that. Um, so for those salespeople out there that are thinking all of those things and they can't get out of their heads, 
what advice would you give them to get unstuck and get back in the game and uh, do what they're supposed to be doing, which is to get out there and generate revenue? Uh, great question. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. You can't get unstuck by staying in your head. You just can't do it. So first thing you need to do is you need to pick up the phone and call somebody. But, but I'm going to give you guidance on what that conversation needs to be. Because my fear is if, if you call somebody to commiserate, you're just going to stay more stuck and focus on gloom and doom, which does not serve you. So the conversation needs to focus on the question, how do I? Not can I, because can I is a yes, no answer. And usually it means it's a no answer. But the, the how do I makes you look at solutions, opportunities, innovation. You know, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? What do we have to work with? What are we noticing in the market? Could we adapt UV lighting to um, uh, the UV lighting that uh, the hairdressers use to disinfect um, their tools of the trade in doctor's offices so people can come in and put down their wallet and their keys and get it disinfected while they're waiting for the doctor? You know, So those kind of things. The conversation needs to be call a friend, call a sales manager, call a coach, call somebody you know, call a business person, and have the discussion on how do I. Yeah, that's great advice. Do you have any parting words for our listeners as you think about um, helping them move forward um, with successful selling through and out of this COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, Well, the only thing I would say is, you know, I, I believe now's a time to give back for those who can. And, you know, for any of your listeners who would like to talk about what can I do to pivot, what options do I have, I'd be more than happy to brainstorm with them. And we can have that discussion on how do I. So all they have to do is call me and and I'd be happy to talk to them. Andy, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk with our talk with us today and uh, spend time giving some great advice to our listeners. And uh, we appreciate it and wish you all the best uh, as you navigate through this on your own. Thank you, Deborah. Be safe. Be well. Thank you. You too.